Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Hollowdale Media Podcast. Here we are on a very special football-ish Euro 2020, except 2021 because it was too expensive to rebrand, special. Where we won't be talking about the actual game of football at all. Hooray! Oh, yeah. I can hear the Vuvuzelas celebrating. Hey, that's so 2010. Come on. That's the last time I cared. Well, it's a bit... Uh, for those of our people, I'm sure they know that the English, they love their football, their kickabout. Um, and I'm very excited. We haven't had an international tournament for three years. Oh, my God. Stupid virus. It feels like it's every year. It doesn't feel like it's every year. It's it feels like it's never. It feels like it's never. And it's finally here. And I can't bloody wait. We're going to win. It's coming home. Oh, the, su- the I, poor, you poor lamb. It's go, we go, It's fine. We're going to win. Is it? Yes. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. What would you bet? doesn't matter. What cause... part of your life would you bet that we're going to win? Your um, leg? I would bet nothing. Your hair. Go bald. Every, every... If we lose, you go bald. Every, That's a great no, deal. Every two years, I have to bet my mental health. Because the crushing <laughs> agony of being knocked out again and again actually damages my heart. I have a very serious depressive week after we got knocked out. And I know it's not going to happen this time because the boys won't let us down. We're going to win the Euros. Okay. It's fantastic. I think you should shave your head. I'm not going to shave my head because we might go out. But we're not. Oh, oh. But we're not. We might go out. But we're going to win it. It's a sure thing. It's fine. We're going to win. <laughs> well, yes, we're not going to be talking too much. I won't allow it. There's going to be other things as well. There things is. Things such as... Well, you're going to do you're going to do reviews and there's going to be news. Yeah. I watched a Disney film live action at the cinema. Oh. I don't think I've ever done that before. What, what's, what was it called? Cruella. Ah. Yeah. Really good. Ah, spoilers. Spoilers, it's really good. Spoilers of, of the review. Oh, okay, okay. That's it. okay. Nice. It's very interesting. Yeah. They're very punky. It's all Vivian Westwoodenized. Cruella. I like that. I like that. I think that out of all, you know, sometimes they pluck someone, like the whole Nurse Ratchet thing. You think, do we need a... Uh, a backstory for Nurse Ratchet, but with like Corella Deville, yes, we need a backstory. Yeah, it really. I, I, I want one. I mean, it depends how big the character is. I don't think Nurse Ratchet's particularly. She's iconic, but not. But, but you don't think, hmm, I wonder what she was like ten but years ago. Only because she represents the system. Like you don't need to know why. That's the thing. That's what really gets me. That's absolutely true. She just represents the system that's broken. Whereas Cruella Deville is one of the most evil characters mm. in the history of Disney. You know, she's iconic. Cruella Deville. That's all I can sing. Is the song in it? You like? Uh, uh, love... Kind of. Okay, good. Kind good. of in there. Florence right, Machine did a proper song, which is based, uh, kind of based on it. Oh. Hmm. I wonder if Florence was skinned in the movie. Yes. Good. And the machine did it. The machine. Florence was skinned which, by her own machine. Which one is the machine? Is it the drummer? I just thought the machine was the band. Which is a bit kind of. I, that could be wrong because that sounds a little bit condescending. I'm Florence. <laughs> your machine. <laughs> your collectively. I do all of this <laughs> and you hit record. Yes. But, but, so maybe that's not the case. Maybe but, the machine is the recorder. Maybe the yeah. machine's the mic. And you know what's worse is mm. if you get the band Rage Against the Machine because they just come in and yell yeah. at the machine. and not They're like, you're good. So Florence, they're yeah. like, you're fine. But to the machine, like, you are useless. <laughs> you stand at the back and you do nothing. So I just uh, managed to binge all the Taskmaster latest, episodes, latest series. I missed so many episodes. And there's a brilliant bit where Mike Wozniak, the best guest since Bob Mortimer, has to undermine a vole. Great. And I imagine that's very similar. Rage the Machine, run in, point at the band, and go, you, you've got no chutzpah. You're nothing. You've got, you got nothing. I also at work the other day read someone uh, typoed 
Uh, they wanted to say someone embraces the technology, but they mistyped embarrasses the technology. <laughs> Which I thought was quite fun. You. You're really saucy, you know. Oh. <laughs> Your keyboard. Hmm. I can see your wires. Oh no! Oh, you're embarrassing me! I've been watching, uh, just to take it away from football, I've been watching the documentary Never Give In about Sir Alex Ferguson, the famous football manager. Oh, God. Um, it's incredible. Amazon Prime. Um, it's about, like, I'm a golden boy. Uh, he starts off as a little boy in Scotland. He's looking back on his life, and it kind of coincides with a brain hemorrhage he had uh, two years ago. And he's trying to... Um, it, it goes to him, like, desperately trying to cling on to, like, his memory. He's becoming really worried that the brain hemorrhage is going to cause him to forget and everything, all of his memories, his wife, his past. Winning with Aberdeen and Man United. Oh, yeah, that's important. Um, it's very good. It's very important. Um, but no, it's, it was very touching documentary. Um, and there's a lot of, like, life lessons in there, I guess, about management and about the psychology of motivating people. So if you're... Yeah, if you want to be motivated by one of the greatest motivators in sporting history... Mr. Motivator? Mi- yes, himself. Then just type in Mr. Motivator on YouTube. But then if you want to go to the second best one, yeah. type in Never Give In on Amazon and watch Hulk the Hogan. documentary. Watch Hulk Hogan. Watch Hulk Hogan. Watch the Hulk Hogan. He is the greatest American. No, no he's not. I don't know about Hulk Hogan. I don't really know enough about him, but he looks like, I don't know. Hulk Hogan was my hero. He's the best. He just looks sweaty and... S- yeah! In a bad way. I don't like his tan to sweat rage. Says- anyway, anyway, anyway. He's a real American. Anyway, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hogan knows best. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's what they say. Yeah. They wanted to call Wolverine Hulk Logan. They in did. Tribute. They... But they couldn't get rights for the Hulk. The, the movie Logan Lucky was going to be called Hogan Lucky. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. It's uh... very warm. Can I just point out, it's very warm. You might be able to hear some noises from outside because the window has to be open or we'll die. Yeah, and there's youths outside and it's horrible. But anyway... I want to talk about our film for today. Oh, yes. Yes, um, indeed. So last time we had Raw. We had Raw. 2016 French Cannibal Fun Times. We did indeed. Um, so now, from BBC Studios. Raw is a film about a French girl with a hereditary urge for eating human flesh and is a cannibal, much like Sir Anthony Hopkins' character Hannibal in the movie Hannibal. Hannibal also stars Gary Oldman, who starred in 1988 football hooligan film The Firm. The Firm also stars Steve McFadden of EastEnders fame, who plays Phil Mitchell in the iconic British soap opera EastEnders. EastEnders has been shoved onto BBC iPlayer in a few weeks when the Euros kick off. The Euros is a football tournament that usually takes place every four years and involves the best teams in Europe battling out for top spot. The England squad includes Calvin Phillips, who is currently playing for Leeds. Among Leeds' past players is a certain Vinnie Jones, who is renowned for his violence on the football pitch. Which is somewhat convenient, as this week's movie, starring Vinnie Jones and involving a massive amount of violence on a football pitch, is Mean Machine. Wow. That really lent into your knowledge didn't it it did that was right that was right up there with pokemans and mario Kart. well someone's got to be the sports journalist in this <laughs> duo and i guess it's me very good so mean machine mean machine 2001 as we said vinnie jones um yeah looking forward what? to talking about all this football stuff makes sense now yeah now we know the rules mm. Although it didn't, they had a bit where the goalkeeper passed to the defender and it was blown for offside. It's like, come on, man. What's that about during the game? Let's, anyway. let's go on to the review. Let's go to the review. Come on, England. Film Reviews. Cruella, 2021. From the very beginning, I realised I saw the world differently than everyone else. That didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I 
guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. <laughs> Brings new opportunities. And I was ready to make a statement. How does the saying go? I am woman, hear me roar. Originally announced way back in 2013, Cruella is the latest in a long line of live-action adaptations created by the omnipotent Disney. Rather than a straight remake, Cruella marks a slight shift in tone as it moves to tell the origin story of Cruella de Vil, specifically the Cruella de Vil seen in the 1990s live-action adaptation of 101 Dalmatians. Ish. After many, many years of behind-the-scenes drama, it eventually fell to iTonya director Craig Gillespie to direct the picture, with writing credits eventually falling on Dana Fox and Tony McNamara. And, I can safely say, this is the first Disney live-action film that not only was I interested in seeing, but that I actually got up and went to see. At the cinema, no less. But anyway, opening in 1960s Britain, we meet Estella Miller, played by first Billy Gadsden and then Tipper Seifert Cleveland. A creative genius with an eye for fashion and extremely short temper, Estella's mean streak was enough to earn the nickname Cruella. Told to rein Cruella in, Estella could not resist her urge to play up and take the world on with clenched fists. It doesn't take long before Estella is thrown out of school and without any options left, she's taken by her mother Catherine, played by Emily Beecham to London to try and cater to her abilities. But first, a stop. See, Catherine doesn't have much in the way of, well, anything. And to provide for her and her daughter, Catherine decides to roll a hard six and drives her and her daughter to the vast Hellman estate to beg for money from a mysterious benefactor. Some hijinks later, and Estella finds herself on the run from a trio of slavering vicious Dalmatians from hell when we hit arguably the most controversial point of the entire film. It may be a small spoiler, but an important one, and one likely you have had to spoil anyway if you spent any time on social media lately. The Dalmatians, in pursuit of Estella, redirect their attention at the last minute to the sweet Catherine while she argues with an older woman. Leaping at Catherine, the Dalmatians hit her and Estella can only watch in horror as her mother tumbles over a wall, over a cliff, to her doom. Now, Estella quickly flees the mansion, and more by chance than skill, finds herself in London, orphaned, terrified, and alone. Though, not for long. With her pet dog in tow, Estella finds herself in the company of two pickpockets and thieves, Jasper and Horace Baden, played, respectively, at this point, by Ziggy Gardner and Joseph MacDonald. Ten years later, and Estella, now played by Emma Stone, along with Jasper and Horace, now played by Joel Fry and the quite wonderful Paul Walter Hauser, are quite literally thick as thieves. From their home in an old abandoned factory, the trio earn their crust through acts of petty thievery, with Estella's natural ability for fashion earning her the role of disguise maker for their numerous schemes. But while the group have developed a close bond, for Estella, it just isn't enough. Through a dangerous mixture of alcohol and resentment, Estella earns the attention of the sinister Baroness von Hellman, played predictably by Emma Thompson, and Estella is soon drafted into the Baroness's fashion empire as an aspiring designer. Now the Baroness, a narcissistic, shrewd and powerful woman in many ways, is smart enough to spot genius where it exists, and Estella is soon her right-hand woman. But when Estella spots a familiar item of jewellery, she begins to find that her history and indeed her mother's death, are more tied into her new boss than she first expected. Estella begins to allow Cruella to once again show herself, but as her earnest desire to retake what she believes is hers begins to develop into an unhinged lust for power, Cruella begins to truly earn her name, isolating her friends and adoptive family while she declares open war on the Baroness. But how far will Cruella go to destroy her competitor? and what dark secret ties them together. Now, Cruella is a true breath of fresh air and unexpectedly unhinged, 
Set firmly in the 1970s, the film takes a heavy influence from the growing punk culture of the time, taking the character of Corella Deville out of the furs and flapper dresses and firmly into the leather buckles and boots of the era, transforming her into a Vivian Westwood type rather than the familiar look and feel the audience might be used to. This is an extremely positive change. It turns out the costumes were in fact designed by Jenny Bevan, who many will recognise as the costume designer for the peerless Mad Max Fury Road, which explains a lot. The soundtrack is almost exclusively made up of bangers that have me tapping my foot, particularly the incredible use of Iggy Pop's I Wanna Be Your Dog for a Regent Park fashion show that was pure sex pistols. The story, for all it's worth, was well told, though there were some serious pacing issues around the middle of the film. Escalating action and the downfall of Corella were both there in abundance, but there seemed to be this weird need to drag in emotion and family values, which just felt unnecessary, and also helped pad the runtime to an almost unforgivable two and a half hours. The true strength was in the characters of Corella, particularly Corella herself, but also Jasper and Horace, who delivered the perfect blend of bumbling idiocy and lovable rogues of the story. Also worth noting is the dogs in the film, who were just smart enough to establish the future hijinks of the 101 Dalmatians that are yet to come. So in summary, Cruella is way too long, but a fun story with some great character performances and a banging soundtrack. As live action Disney films go, this is definitely worth the watch. And don't bother watching it on Disney Plus for God's sake. Get out there and watch us in your local cinema. They need you. <laughs> Welcome to Fortnite Schmortnight. McLovin has turned 40. Seth Rogen has posted on his Twitter a shot of the now iconic fake ID from the 2007 movie Superbad. McLovin was born on the 3rd of June 1981. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote this joke when they were 14 years old, according to the Twitter post, which is both admirable and somewhat painful to think about. So this is uh, not the newsiest news I've ever used, but I wanted to bring it up because I've just read Yearbook, which is Seth Rogen's very recently released collection of memoirs, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but there's a lot in there. You see how his comedy develops, uh, inspiration for the movies. Um, yeah, it's very cool. There's a lot of horrific meetings with celebrities in there, like Nicolas Cage and uh, Tom Cruise and George Lucas, like very painful meetings with very weird celebrities and um, lots of hilarious drug stories. Yeah, I very much recommend the book. If you hate Seth Rogen, don't go anywhere near it because you read it in his voice. It is the most... Yeah, he, re he reads as he speaks. <laughs> Can't do his voice. Oh. Can't do his laugh. Do a Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, absolutely is there an anecdote to explain why he tried to assassinate the North Korean There's dictator? There's a whole chapter on it. Oh, God, it's I really... Very good. And <laughs> honestly, it's fascinating that they uh, had a letter posted to them from North Korea, like, to the studio, saying this is an act of terrorism and an act of war. Oh, my God. And all of this. And, like, obviously, Obama had to get involved and stand up in front of, like, the world, effectively, and say, like, we won't, like, <laughs> respond to these threats from North Korea. It's just a, a farce. And all of this stuff, it's pretty crazy. And he had to... They had a scene in the movie where uh, King John Un's head explodes. Okay. And in the original cut, they went full Indiana Jones. Uh, Seth Rogen literally said to the, the effects people, they said, we want uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark meets um, Scanners. Uh, uh, right, okay. So yeah, great. The most goriest head explosion you can imagine. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, um, yeah. They, ha they spent going ages back and forth, back and forth, until one day uh, Seth Rogen was at premiere. He took a load of MDMA, and then he got pulled into a room and said, Seth, you need to decide now. What are we doing with this head? With that <laughs> massive international issue when he's rolling his nut off to decide. <laughs> and he was like, that's not good. Neither of those are good. I want to do neither of those things. Uh, yeah, this, oh, I was like literally just laughing out loud the entire time I was reading wow, it. Wow, okay. very funny. Um, I couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, definitely buy it. It's too short. It's too short. That's why I say, write another one, Seth Rogen. Um, yeah, so moving on. Indiana Jones 4, attempt 2, is beginning filming in the UK this week. What? Um, yeah, that's right. Harrison Ford fan to the kingdom. It's time to sniff the old codger out. Um, although, reports suggest uh, that some of the filming will take place at Bamborough Castle in Northumberland. Uh, yeah, 
It's interesting. We haven't had a, a castle Indiana Jones since the last crusade, that spooky one in Austria. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's the second to la- last one. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah. The last one. Yeah. It was the last, yeah. It was yeah, the so, last film. Yeah, the last had one. a castle. Too many it. castles. Bloody hell. Yeah, leave it till the next one for a castle. But, um. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, I, I didn't know Mads Mikkelsen's going to be in it. I heard cool. that recently. Was that announced, like, Maybe. within the month? I think I missed it. But, mm. um, mm. it's due News. out July. Huh? What? What did you say? Nothing. What did you say? I was missing the news. You, I'm sorry for missing your news. <laughs> sorry for missing your news. July the 29th, 2022, in the UK, is when it's going to come out, apparently. What? Gordon, what? 2022. They're starting to film this week. They're starting to f- film this week. And they want it done by January? July. July the 29th. Next year. It, oh, even so, that's, that's ridiculous. It's a tight squeeze. It's just going to be one big green screen, I think. Oh, yeah, um, maybe. Who knows? Um... Moving on. Evil Dead. Evil Dead will begin shooting next month in New Zealand. The story is about two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short when flesh-possessing demons thrust them into a battle for survival. Mm. According to The Hollywood Reporter. Um, It's not going to be in the woods this time, which we've known for a while. It's going to be in a city. Um, It's been so many weeks since Evil Dead's been in the news. This has been our longest stint. Yeah. Well, we did. So I did mention Bruce Campbell last time. In the link. You shoved him in the link. Yeah, yeah, So we're keeping it up. So we're keeping him going... That's interesting. I mean, we knew we kind of knew that anyway, didn't we? We knew, yeah, yeah. I yeah, wonder yeah. if um, tonally, do you reckon it's going to be more like Ash vs Evil Dead? They are ignoring the remake, so it has to be sillier. I don't know if it'll be sillier. I think it might be closer in tone to 2013. I think it'll be in between 2013 and Evil Dead 2. Well, Ash vs Evil Dead did have some horror in it. Yeah. Have you finished that series yet? No. Stop know, watching I know, anything. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I got <sighs> confused and alone and afraid. Do you know what it is? I lost what particular episode Start I was on. from the beginning. No, because I've I watched a school... You know in Series 3 there's a school episode? I yeah. watched. I, I've accidentally watched that three times. It's really got my nerves now. <laughs> right. I had to watch that girl get piano skewered in her face. Hey! Too many times. Cheese wired yeah. by the piano strings. Absolutely. Oh, the harp, isn't it? Yeah, the harp. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. horrific. <laughs> the most horrific death. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Love that show. Um, Fat 4 is no more. How's that for a TMZ headline? Ugh, sorry for saying that. Fat, fat 4? Fat 4, as in T-H-O, 4. Fat 4 is no more. It's shooting on 4, Love and Thunder has wrapped. Oh, right. Got and it. to celebrate this, we got a photo of Chris Hemsworth alongside Taika Waititi, and Hemsworth looks like a complete beefcake. Yeah, he does. He looks like he looks like he swallowed a piano. Yeah, he's out. ridiculously large. And someone I saw this on Twitter, and someone underneath put a picture of him on, uh, must be Ragnarok. Tiny, completely different man. He looks like he's eight. The Ragnarok. It's, it's weird because yeah, because he's got like a very good physique in the first four movie, and in Ragnarok, you're like, oh, you're getting pretty shredded now, man. And yeah. now he's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's mad. Like it's crazy. Um, but yeah. I wanted to throw this in because I just wanted to mention I know it's old news now but did you see the whole Taika Waititi getting reprimanded by Marvel for being snapped enjoying some slightly frivolous company I did hear about it I haven't seen the pictures I'm going to look them up so yeah so while you do so type in like Taika Waititi Rita Ora and Tessa Thompson and it'll come up but basically like they're, they're sat the three of them's on a bench together somewhere private and like they're giggling and hugging and like having a little kiss and having like a, a frivolous time like completely harmless and it's all like everyone's gone mental oh, right, in the okay. studios and they're, they're grown adults they're grown adults um, but yeah so like Marvel what did Marvel say Marvel said something strange so I mean so okay I'll describe the picture I'm looking at in front of me Taika Waititi is they're Rita Ora and what's her name? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson are just sat around a small table and it looks like they're having a freeway kiss. Yeah. But they're all giggling. Yeah. They're all just joking. They're probably a bit tipsy. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think the Australian Daily Mail or something got hold of the photos and then like Marvel was like, you crossed the line. You crossed the line with your with your strange non-conformist relationships. I thought they were all about promoting different sexualities yeah and do what you want what's wrong with a thruple mm. are you saying you have an issue with a thruple yeah Marvel yeah 
What's your pro- what's your problem, Marvel? Yeah, spit it out. Free people come enjoy a freeway kiss. He said something along the lines, "This is hardly something we want to pre-promote." Also, like it's that. not like he's doing kids' films. No, he's doing. He's well, doing he, like well, not he's mature, doing kids' films for adults. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's not like he's it's not like he's a. Uh, you know the host of Blue Peter. No, that's that'll be different. Yeah, because he'd be a role model. He's just a guy making yeah, films. He's a known. Yeah, he's a known bit of a party animal. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very. Uh, archaic. I mean, ju- I mean, he's just living the life, isn't he? Mm. What a, what a man. What a, what a brilliant <laughs> genius, filmmaking comedy gold, women kissing. <laughs> absolute yeah, git. Absolute Yeah, took the word from my mouth. What an absolute fetid pile of bastard. <laughs> anyway. So concludes. Good for him. So good for him. Good, well, for him. good for him. And good for Tessa Thompson and good for Rita Ora. Yes, good for all of good them. Good for all of 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 them. So concludes Fortnite Smart Night. I'm going to drink some coffee. At London Crown Court this morning, ex-England football captain Danny Meehan was jailed for three years. Not dangerous, are you, Mr Footballer? Only if you've got the ballness. Governor wants you to coach my football team. I just want to do my time and get on with my life. If you don't play ball, you could be with us for some time. Listen, tell the governor the best way to train the guards is to play a really tough match against a team of cons. Could be win-win for everybody. What we need is 11 men to play as a team. Right? Right! Yes! It's lovely, don't it, Willie? What's that? <laughs> I'm your manager. Since when? Massive is your man. We still need a goalkeeper. The legendary monk. That dude is beyond mental. I heard he ate Hannibal the cannibal. Hello, Mr. Monk. Can you play football? We're playing the guards. Yeah. No idea. Let's win and let's win well. Getting hot out there, Bob. Oh, yeah, Bob. Very Rio de Janeiro. Lose, and they'll never let you forget it. Oh. Oh. Is that all right, though, Dan, yeah? Cream. All right, lads. You want to be nothing. Numbers, prisoners, that's fine. Run your guts out, and you'll have something in here that can never touch. We'll give you a match. You'll give us a game. Doubt that you can match us. Look at our boys decked out all in black. Very hopeful, Joe. No, it's definitely black, Bob. Boy, it was the sacks. You look the part. All you need now is a... I think it's in everyone's interest if you lose this game. I can't do that. You're unbelievable. Still nil-nil, but if this was boxing, the Mean Machine would be head on points. So you get out there and hurt some people. What's happening? You said you said you start and then you do a football pun. No, oh, is that what you said? Because I, I said let's kick us off. Ah, football uh, pun. Right. Okay. So I don't have to do a football pun because my mind just went blank. <laughs> I don't have any. You're the football boy. Um, I uh, said before I start recording. Foul. Let, kick us off, Rob. Yellow card. I don't know. All right. Sh- Linesman. Sh- shut up, Rob. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> shut up, everyone. Me machine. Wow. Okay. So this is a this is in a time where uh, so football's as as far as I remember, football in two thousand one was massive. I remember England flags a lot more. Obviously, two thousand two is when the World Cup was. Is, is was, that when the Italians won? Two thousand two is when Brazil won. Oh. Well, we, wait, which one did the Italians? Two thousand two was when David Seaman got lobbed. I believe it was just a year before when Italy won Euro two thousand. Did they? Was it that? Do I, to Google all, that? all I remember I was. Know. Suddenly, we were very aware that Hitchin had a lot of Italian people in. Because there were things, that there were but people driving around, honking the horns. They won the... Was kind of, oh, okay. They won the World Cup in 2006. Right, uh, maybe that's it. Yeah, so that's probably it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is, this is interesting because this is a football redemption story. And I think redemption was quite heavy in the eyes of the British public and footballers at the time. Because it was a couple of years before Beckham had... Got us out of the World Cup. And I was I was going to say so. Danny Meehan, is that right? Danny Meehan, yeah. He so 
he's a disgraced footballer, played by Vinnie Jones, obviously, real yeah. life footballer in the past, um, for Wales. Yeah, and Wimbledon. And, 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 uh, and, and, so, uh, he's a disgraced footballer because he took a dive, essentially took a dive, but he he deliberately missed the free kick he, or a penalty. No, he hacked and gave Germany a penalty of a silly foul, right, okay. a very suspicious looking foul. But there, there, there's talk about free kicks and penalties throughout the early part, which is exactly what everyone felt about Beckham. Yeah, so Beckham... That uh, might have been the moment I stopped liking football, by the way. It was very... Because I was heartbroken. I cried my eyes out. Yeah, so Beckham, uh, he was hacked. And I went after that, never again. Flicked his, flicked his foot up. The Argentine player went down like a sack of poo. It was never a red card. They can all go to hell. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Uh, but then Beckham had a redemption story, went on and won the treble with United. Made history. So this is very much in that kind of ilk of disgraced footballer has a chance at redemption. Yes. So yes, Mean Machine, 2001 film, directed by like someone... Straight out of film school, as far as we can tell. Barry Skunnick. Mm, never heard of him, and he's done two stuff, two things on IMDb. Yep. Um, a boy, he's, I think he did TV commercials, so he might have done something around football, which would make sense because of the end football game. It was very well edited yeah, and shot, it was I very thought. well shot. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so Moon Machine, it's an adaptation of the 1974 American film, The Longest Yard, with Burt Reynolds. Mm. Uh, playing American football and yeah and same concept a guy goes off the rails a, a celebrity goes off the rails goes drinking goes punching ends up in prison if so I've seen the longest the Adam Sandler longest yard oh dear um, if it's anything if it's the same as the original then they're absolutely identical but they're mm. just you know, apart from the editing of the sport because it's a different sport yeah um, yeah Meme Machine I've got good memories of Meme Machine I think I had it on tape it was around the time I watched it. I don't know if I watched it this first or Eurotrip first. I think I watched this first because I think Eurotrip was 2004. But it was around the time where everyone thought Vinnie Jones was hilarious and cool and really scary. Because Lock, Lockstock and Slash, um, Snatch had just come out. This came out. He was in Eurotrip as an angry football hooligan. He was around a lot at this time, post-football career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those faces you just saw everywhere for a while. Do you know what he reminds me of? And quite obviously, he reminds me of when you're in school and there is a school bully who is so insanely terrifying, you wouldn't do <laughs> anything to anger them. There's just that there's a kid from that rough part of town who's got that look like he just right, knows, how, right, he knows right. how to fight. Well, I have to say, I thought this certainly the film will get onto the plot, but the film is a film of two halves. It, it, very good. Um, the first half. Uh, Vinnie Jones's character Danny, he's kind of rubbish. Mm. Like Vinnie doesn't look like he wants to be there. No energy. He's a far cry from what we know from Lockstock. Yeah, he really because this is Vinnie Jones's first um, uh, lead role. Uh, before then, he was just supporting. You just turn up as a hitman or something. Um, but the first half, he just looks sullen. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. Could be acting. Because that's what the character's feeling. Mm. But at the same time, I just look at him and go, you're not the leading man. Yeah. And what I know of the American one, Burt Reynolds, is the leading man. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> Straight from the off. From what the trailer we just saw, Burt Reynolds is a charming, charismatic, um, fearless character who kind of gets the better of people in conversation with wit and charm. Yeah. Burt Reynolds, the quarterback who will tackle anything. Driver's license. Yeah, look what we got here. Miniature cop. <laughs> the superstar. I feel so good. Get off of me. The stud. <laughs> the all-American. The all-amazing. A joker of a jock who laughed all the way to prison. The one thing that you're going to have to remember. Is to protect your quarterback. Me. Go! Which is not what Meehan is at all. Meehan is kind of, I'm going to keep my head down, I'm going to occasionally give a witty comment, but kind of looking like I just want to get in and get out and get it over. He doesn't have any real witty, snarky comments, really, does he? There's there's one or two, but I can't remember. Yeah, barely. Yeah. Uh, what's, What's more interesting is the characters around him. Yes. So there's various characters. Danny Dyer. 
has a nice showing as Billy, Billy the Limpet. Billy, Billy the Limpet. Um, Most Danny Dyer of all Danny Dyer roles <laughs> he's played. Uh, we've got David Kelly as the old wizened doc, mm. who's a former bomber. We've got Vaz Blackwood, uh, who playing Massive. He's the comedy sidekick in a way. Which one was he? He's the he's the guy who gets beaten by the guards and saved. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Most recognisable from lots of two smoking barrels, where he's brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah, you've got all these interesting characters, and of course, there's Jason Statham playing Monk, the Scottish madman who steals the show. Absolutely steals the show. Every every scene. The Monk. Monk. Can he play? What do you say? Because I turned pro. Before he turned mad. How mad is he? He's the jock that even the jocks are afraid of. Well, what do you do? Something very dark up in Glasgow. I heard he ate Hannibal the cannibal. Look, listen, Dan, let me tell you something. Not even the Pope could get him out of the special wing. Is the best thing in the film when he's in it. Yeah, there's just a look. When they first meet him and the manic stare he gives them. <laughs> it's just, And then he has these weird daydreams during the game where he pictures himself like destroying everyone brutally beating the living daylights out of them but then later on he's just like having a great time saving the day yeah <laughs> all right big man sound um danny man it's all right know what i mean it's got a wee favor i ask you hello mr monk can you play football Aye. Would you like to play with us? No. We're playing the guards. Hey. I'm with you. Sound. Thanks a lot, Mr. Monk. Yeah, Jason Statham still... This was again before Jason Statham really became a leading man. And I suspect this is... This is a big stepping this stone. This was for him. the. This might have been the one that took him out. Yeah, because obviously he was in the Lockstock and 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 then Snatch and then this and then he. I I, I guess I don't know when Transporter came out because did it go from this to Transporter? Hmm. Let's find out, Jason Statham. Let's look at Jason Statham because there's so much in this movie to talk about. Well, he went. Yeah, you're right. Me Machine Transporter. Oh wow. And then Italian job as Handsome Rob. <laughs> playing me. What a guy. Uh, and yeah, he just kicked off from there, really. Oh, I still need to watch some of these. Mechanic Resurrection. Do you know what we need to watch is the Midnight Meat Train. Oh, yeah! Which we were talking about ages ago. So we, 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 we've been talking about watching the Midnight Meat Train for ages. If anyone has seen it, message us. Make us watch it. Because it's Vinnie Jones' is a psycho killer on the London Underground. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think so. That's something along those lines, yeah. Uh, we were recommended to watch that by the butcher who supplied the guts for quaggers. Yeah. Fun fact. That is a fantastic <laughs> fact. So you see, <laughs> Vinnie Jones is integral to the making of Holodell Media. Yeah, it's He's, very uh, true. What a what a guy. We um, But just back on subject, there's not much to talk about on paper with this. No. You guys- this is the only thing, really, with this film. No, there's, there's 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 not much. Like there's a plot. He goes to prison. The guards. There's a bad like prison warden who is a gambling addict, and he wants Vinnie Jones to train the prison warden, the prison guard team, to be the best, so he can continue to win bets and trophies. And he's. It's David Hemmings played the governor. Oh, the smoking voice actor. The smoking voice actor who looks like an owl. I don't look like a. <laughs> I've got owl eyes. I've got the eyes of a tawny owl. I'm in gladiator yelling at slaves. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's quite a presence. But I'll tell you what, the uh, the 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 chief guard. Yeah, we've got Ralph Brown who plays a prison guard, the sort of head guard. He's one of my favourite British actors of that era. Mm. I think uh, Alien Three, particularly good. Again, a sort of angry warden man. Yeah, grumpy, intimidating man, no nonsense and all that. Um, and one of the more interesting uh, characters in this film, because he actually has an arc. Yes, he does, and he's, he's an honourable man. He's an honourable, an honourable man, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, very quickly, I mean, that's one one positive, Having, I'm, I'm sick of long, convoluted films. 
uh, one of the best things about this is it gets pretty much straight into it. Doesn't does mess around. It's, um, it sets up uh, Meehan getting arrested for drunk driving. Yeah, and then he's in prison, and then the story starts. And almost straight away, he's in prison, and he's sent to the governor, who says, "I want you to coach my football team." Yeah, literally. Yeah, but literally with a, with a couple of minutes. Sometime tomorrow, governor wants a word. He wants you to coach my football team. Little word of advice. You're going to smile nicely and say no. So right away you've got the, the, the conflict. You're getting an idea of the world. Then uh, Massive approaches uh, me and says, why don't you suggest the guards play a team of prisoners? Mm. And this is like within 20 minutes. In fact, I paused. At the point when they start getting people applying to be in the team, the tryouts, I guess, that's at 20 minutes. That's just crazy. She's crazy good. film I reviewed this week that didn't even stop the credits at that point. Honestly, if this film had that, if this film had an extra 20 minutes on it before it kicked in, it would have been unbearable. It would not yeah. have been a good film at all. It would have been very painful. And by the time we got to all of this, we'd been bored. So, Well, was- yeah, the, I, there's one point I disagree with, though. Because, so the... 20 minutes in, they're kind of starting to get the team together and they're having no luck uh, because they're being sort of pushed down and there's a guy called Sykes um, played by George, uh, John Fordham who's kind of the... He owns... He runs this prison. He's the mob boss who's been locked away and he's, yeah, he owns, he owns the gaff. And he's got and he's got guys who... Are, he's kind of in the pocket of the governor-ish and his guys are stopping people from, from trying out. But me and gets everyone's respect when he steps in and helps Massive while he's being beaten to a pulp by one of the racist guards. But that happens with a sting of really sad, soppy music and slow-mo and uh, screaming. And I just felt that came too soon. Mm. I don't. Yeah. I mean, nothing happened before that, really. But by this point, we don't even care about anyone, really. It doesn't even care about me and... You needed to set up, and I wonder if uh, Massive maybe should have died in that scene. But he, I guess he needed to be the manager. It was, I guess it was him winning the respect, but I guess if you wanted a more emotional punch. Yeah, but again, it, that'd be too early. Yeah. If you had. Yeah, if it was later on, I mean. Yeah, 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 true. I mean, if you had like 10 minutes of him looking out, Massive looking out for me and. Yeah. Sort of being his only friend, helping him out. If there was more of that. Then it would have felt it just it just felt too soon for a big epic sad. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I agree. Um but yeah, after that, I mean me and wins the respect of uh Raj, Trojan and Jerome. Uh one of them played by the wonderful Omid Jalili. Yes. He's who's becoming fantastic. a bit of a regular on the show. Yes, we need to get more of his films in. Danny Voy. Well coming in. Star. They're saying thanks for saving Massive. Where's your manners? What would your old mum say? F*** me. Wish I'd met her. Well, let's see how good you are. Sort yourselves out. Skins v shirts. What's that? (laughs) I'm your manager. Since when? Look, don't bother giving me no orders, yeah? Look, stop bitching, bitch. Dan, have a word. Shut it, Massive. Oi, lads. Wanna go? F*** off. Come then, plenty of room over there. Um, not to mention that Sally Fields is in it. Sally, lovely Sally Phillips, playing Tracy. Sally Phillips. Tracy, the most boring secretary name ever. Mm. But she's wonderful. She is wonderful, she's and she's wonderful. got an accent. Yes, she does. She's got a, a, a Cornwall, a Cornish accent. Yeah, it's a bit like, it's a bit sort of hot fuzz. It's a bit hot fuzz, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You're no, not, not so touching bad. them killers then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but stuff, yeah, stuff continues to happen, but you get the gist of it. A match, it culminates in a big match of football. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's where the whole film's taking you. Mm. There's a bit of intrigue with a dodgy man the only man in the prison to be wearing a red nazi-esque 
uh, armband, yeah. who is the baddie. Which weirdly. is literally a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Quite literally. Um, um, he's in the... He's working with one of the, the, the racist guard, in fact, uh, who was beating up Massive, um, to stop it happening. So rigs a bomb... To take out me? Does he does he get supplied the parts or is he just fiddle so. the parts? Well, then again, he's got like a. The only thing you really see of it is a is a mousetrap. Mm. So it's still scavenged bits. You can't you can't scavenge explosives in a prison, can you? That'd be very bad, very bad security, very very bad. Uh, I mean, probably doesn't take that much if you know <laughs> what they are. True. It true, wasn't that true. big an explosion, otherwise it would have blown out the prison. Yeah, true. But, but there's so there's intrigue. Stuff happens, um, but yeah, the main thing is the game, the game, the beautiful game. And from literally from the halfway mark, the energy just jumps up. The yeah. film becomes much more interesting. You got uh, interesting use of music and upbeat. You got the the um, difference between the guards and the prisoners. And with the guards, it's got na 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 na. That's the, that's the Buffy thing. Oh. That's the Buffy intro. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it was some very that's it. scary, intimidating. And then it would cut music. to the prisoners and And then of it, like during the game, there's like there's hallmarks of football in there. There's like Robbie Williams, "Let Me Entertain You," is on there, which I just associate. Oh, with football. there's songs snapping every other. Who am I calling? Who am I calling? Who did I call? <laughs> Who did I call? Never mind. Hello. Lock your phone. It's always normally locked. Why is it not locking at the moment? Rob just phoned someone. I don't know whether this will be kept in, but what are you doing? I put my, I put my alarm up. I was trying to lock it. <laughs> the football match was great. I really enjoyed the football match. I thought, um, yeah, like you say, well edited, well cut. Um, so many edits, so many cuts. Yeah. We were curious to how they filmed it. The one, yeah, I like. I think what it was was they actually had them play as much football as possible, and I think you were right in saying so. Maybe they did something where a ball almost went in but didn't. Then you, they probably picked up some shots to support that master shot. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's how I imagine it. Would and there was well, there was obviously bits that had to be in it, like the goals. Yeah, and once again, Monks played it out to Trojan. Who's again switched to the left, Bob? Well, he must be ambidextrous, Bob. I don't know about that, Bob, but he certainly can use both feet. It's um, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's your nineteen seventies rough and tumble football. What dads used to play? Yeah, very much so. Um, the the one, yeah, it's it's, it's um, elbows in the it's nineteen seventies long haircut and like tiny shorts yeah. football it's, studs on the inner thigh, that sort of wonderful stuff. The one kind of bit of comedy violence that really jarred it for me was the aiming the football at the nuts. Um, so there was a bit where Vinnie Jones has to take a free kick and uh, the racist prison guard is lined up in the wall and he kicks it, hits him in the nuts. And then he gets another free kick straight away and does the same thing. And it's very, I don't know, it's like a kid's movie. Now what's the matter with the rest of you, eh? You four stand there. Split on my run. I want to try something. Me in to take it. Looks like he might chip this one, Bob. Right, and Ratchet's crown jewel. It'll take more than magic sponge to take this thing out of that, Bob. Right, tight ref, that was bloody deliberate. Free kick and ball for tickets off at all time. Also, why didn't he turn? Yeah, you do. No, it doesn't matter how hard you kick a football. And if you're holding your hands yeah, in front surely, of it, you're fine. You yeah, your you're fine. They're trained, they're trained for It's that. a bit silly. There's lots of um, use of sound effects that are very uh, clockers. Yeah. So when he gets hit in the balls, there's a, there's a tree. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Oh, right in his carrots and onions. No nookie for Mr. Ratchet. No nookie for Mrs. Ratchet, neither. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I'm not a fan of football, but it was done really well. And there's like spots of music to match the tone yeah. um, of what's going on. There's a great bit with uh, Omar Jilili <laughs> Punch, just punching a guy, straight punching him, getting he, sent off and saying, no, 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 he's fake, he's faking. He <laughs> dies. Just watch, punch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and- well, we've got to say about Omar Jilili's um, football skills. He, he's definitely played in a few playgrounds in his time, hasn't he? Like he's got a touch. Well... I assume he's a... Unless it was a double, but it didn't look like a double. Nah, 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 definitely not. I mean, he's, he's from London. Yeah, he's, he's... he's been on a few kicked a ball around, Phil. There were some... Um, actually, there's a note here. There are some actual footballers in there. Really? Charlie Hartfield. Oh, I'm not going to know. They're gonna be Sheffield old. United. Uh, Ryan Giggs was in there. Was he? Slotted in, yeah. Ryan Giggs? Then playing for Man U. Oh. And, and Wales. Uh, yeah, so there's there's some people slotted in there. There's also a very, very out-of-place-looking old man cheering in the prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just cut to the story going, uh, what? Another bad example of not telling your extras to do their job (laughs) properly. After American Pie 2, Jesus. Um, Yeah, of course, we have to point out as well, the the comedy really amps up in the game as well, because you've got two guys in the commenting, both from Lotstock, um... Yeah, and they've got a little kind of report. Bob and Bob. And they start fighting. Whenever all the players start fighting, they start fighting. Yes. Yeah. Um... Overall, it's it's a fun second half. The first half is necessary, but it's a bit of a slog. It's not... Mm. It never really lifts up. No. But yeah, it all, it's, it's all up to the, to the football game. I, I think it's definitely like... It kind of reminded me of... Um, the were- werewolf strippers. What was that film we watched a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it it's, was, it's yeah. that lads mag kind of uh, right. We know what you guys want. You want to get you want a film about football and prisoners and violence or strippers and werewolves <laughs> and violence and violence. <laughs> it's, yeah, true. It's, it's that kind of thing. We'll give it to you. It's not going to be very. Uh, it's not going to be very pretty, but it's going to do the job. Well, I find it interesting that Me Machine, because I've got fond memories of it. I definitely, I probably recorded it off Virgin Media or something. Because mm. I've watched it, i probably watched it a few times, um, along with everything else. But the reviews are bad. Yeah. I mean, 30, on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't really trust anyway, but 34% tomato meter and 72% audience. Mm. That's very telling, isn't it? So, I would say it's not a particularly special film, but it is fun. And that's probably what that reflects. It's fun. Structurally, storytelling, script-wise, it's meh, meh. It, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you if you do like football and you want to get hyped up for the Euros, uh, just watch it. Because I did actually get a feeling of like, come on, during the final game. All right, so that's, you, that's cool. So if you're a football fan and you want to get revved up, um, I would say definitely watch it. I do find some of the, uh, the, quote, the review quotes quite interesting. By the final whistle, you're convinced that this meme machine was a decent TV outing, but just doesn't have big screen magic. Uh, it's mildly entertaining, especially if you find comfort and familiarity. Oh. But my favourite one was from Jamie C., a super reviewer, an audience review on Rotten Tomatoes, who says, A proper British film made only for us. I've read a lot of comments saying how it was terrible because it's too English. Well, yeah, because it's an English film. It's our version of The Longest Yard. These Americans need to remember they're not the only country that makes films. This film itself is very funny. Jason Statham as a psychotic Scotsman was brilliant. I thought the main football match at the end could have been a bit better, but it was still a good film with a great easy-to-like cast. Jamie C., Four stars, Bosch. <laughs> Which is a fun one. Uh, Phil H describes the cast, the supporting cast, as the happy-go-lucky guy, the Rasta-type guy, mm. the nut job, the psycho, the fat Middle Eastern guy, the wise old Irishman, and the head honcho. The Rasta-type guy. Well, that's just the that's Trojan, isn't it? It's just uh. it's just smoking cigarettes. The prison mm. is your standard British board and lodgings. Typically looks like an old school. I said that. It reminded me of school. It was filmed in a prison. Hmm. Right? But yeah, no, it did, it did look like it was filmed in a school. Sort of an old yeah. Victorian... Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, probably better in my memory than it was watching it again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly not one for the Hall of Fame. 
But um, it was, uh, yeah, we had fun. We enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, probably more of a nostalgia thing. Yeah, I think so. I just want to leave on a review you'll hate from Jeff B. First of all, soccer isn't football. Dancing around with a soft round ball, nothing mean about that. Getting hit head on by a guy who does a 4.440, now that's mean. I've heard the movie was funny, but a hundred year old vaudeville jokes are not my idea of funny. Go watch Burt Reynolds. To be fair, I probably could. Uh, to this gentleman, let me remind him, but as a British man, I will not lure myself to uh, say anything negative about his sport because there's no need. The sport does it on its own. I like Thank the hundred-year-old vaudeville jokes. Is that just hitting people in the balls? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Because vaudeville's bottom, isn't it? So that makes Oh, really? Sod off, Jeff B. We don't serve your kind here. Unless you're listening. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. Adam's Film Reviews. Army of the Dead, 2021. So we took turns of staring At the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces Think about everything we did All those people we saved Look what it does But what if I can see you're out of base. Of just once. We did something just for us. You ready to play? There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip. With a 32 hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's not too late to go back. What the? Army of the Dead is a zombie heist film straight from the brain of Zack Snyder, who both writes and directs, along with some additional writing credits for Shay Hatton and Joby Harold. Back to his zombie roots, there is a surprising amount of hype around Army of the Dead, which Snyder has described as a spiritual successor to his 2004 debut Dawn of the Dead, notably written by the incredible James Gunn. Now before I continue, I have to point out, I am utterly sick to death of zombies, but I was recommended this film by many, many people who all summed up the film as not that bad. Glowing praise, I think you'd agree. Now, onto the film. After a painfully long and unnecessary opening scene involving a pair of newlyweds recreating the film Crash with a military convoy codenamed Four Horsemen, a secure storage container is smashed open, allowing something that was once human to escape, soon murdering and infecting the clueless soldiers. Here genuinely fun and exciting montage of the fall of Las Vegas, complete with topless zombie strippers chasing down men in smoking jackets, undead Elvis impersonators and bombing raids, all to the dulcet tones of Richard Cheese. Amongst this montage of death and destruction, we witness a group of survivors team up together to rescue other survivors and, eventually, escape the desolation. This team, led by the muscle-bound Scott Ward, played by, played by Dave Bowie, to showcase a range of talents from mechanic to medic to strongman. No wonder then, that a couple of days before the planned nuclear strike on Las Vegas, Scott Ward is approached by casino owner Bly Tanaka, played by Hiroki Sanada, with a proposal. The mission, Scott is told, is to break into Tanaka's casino to recover $200 million from the vault before it's wiped out, of which 50 million goes straight into Scott's pocket. Quick to accept, Scott soon recruits a team of new and old faces. Now brace yourself, first there's mechanic, Maria Cruz, played by Ana de la Reguera. Power source specialist Vanderhoel, played by Amari Hardwick. A helicopter pilot Marianne Peters, played by the wonderfully one-note Tigmataro. Safecracker Ludwig Dieter, played by Matthias Schuegefer. Sharpshooter and YouTube star Mikey Guzman, played by Raul Castillo and his associate Chambers, played by Samantha Wynn. Also joining the team is the sinister associate of the casino owner, Martin played by Garrett Dillahunt, who is definitely not a secret bad guy. 
With the team assembled, the plan is simple. Sneak into the walled-in, ruined city of Las Vegas, shoot through the surviving zombies until they reach the casino, break into the vault, and extract the bags of cash inside and escape the city via the helicopter that's conveniently parked on the casino roof. In and out in a matter of hours, they say. Now the first step of the plan takes the group to a refugee camp on the perimeter of the city walls. Here, Scott finds his daughter Kate, played by Ella Purnell, who works as a volunteer at the camp. Kate directs her father to Lily, played by Nora Arnizeda, a tight-lipped rogue who earns her dollar guiding people back into the city ruins, despite the fact that they rarely come back out again afterwards. Lily is soon drafted into the team to guide them in, with Kate demanding she come along too to try and find the last group of women that Lily had taken in, or something. On entering the city, the group is shocked to find that the horde of zombies have been mostly wiped out mostly dying of dehydration as they were too dumb to find shade in the Vegas sun. This, however, means the zombies that did survive are not only the toughest, but also the smartest and the fastest. As Lily explains, these fast zombies and their leaders, known as Alphas, were the first generation of zombies bitten by the so-called King of the Zombies, later known as Zeus. Not only are they smart and deadly, but they can also be reasoned with, so long as the sacrifice is offered. At this point, it's worth pointing out that the Army of the Dead is essentially a remake of Aliens. Not only do you have the red bandana wearing Latina woman dying in a ball of flame, but you've also got a sleazy corporate guy who is, in purpose and actions at least, identical to Burke from Aliens. There's also a very familiar relationship set up between Scott and Kate and a shot-for-shot recreation of Bishop's extraction of Ripley. I hadn't even noticed the connection until Lily uttered a line about zombies not screwing each other over, and that is literally a line lifted straight from Aliens. Now to be fair, the idea of a casino heist meets zombie movie is actually pretty great. I especially love the use of zombies to trigger the increasingly cartoonish traps in place in the vault. There was some other fun to be had, with some laugh out loud moments scattered throughout the film. It's just so damn long. Completely unnecessarily long as well. Off the back of his four-hour epic Justice League, it seems like Snyder's filmmaking mission is to strip out all the joy and brevity of cinema and replace it with wannabe epic storytelling, with a bloated script that really deserves a hefty pair of scissors. What's more, Army of the Dead marks the first effort by Zack Snyder to produce a completely digital film, with himself cast as director of photography. This might explain the obnoxious use of depth of field used throughout the film. The idea was that anything out of your immediate vision is out of focus and hard to read, so it's more scary. I guess. I don't know what others are saying about this, but I hated this. The shallow depth of field zeroes your attention on the character in the foreground, completely wasting the opportunity for wider images, and therefore completely wasting the possibilities for creativity in the setting. Opening montage aside, this could have been set anywhere. I'm sure there could have been much more fun to be had with the Vegas setting. It just didn't happen. So yes, entertaining at a pinch, but woefully bloated and long. Army of the Dead delivers some mindless shoot-em-up action, but not much else. Very rarely do I stop a movie mid-flow, but for Army of the Dead, I had to get up and stretch my legs twice. If you want to kill an evening, get yourself on Netflix and watch Army of the Dead. Personally, I wouldn't bother. What is this? It's a goddamn zombie tiger. That's crossing the line. That was the show. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you are getting sun. I hope you're getting sun. I hope you've got your your flags at the ready (laughs) and your locals not far away. You're ready to support the Free Lions or whomever team of which your country heralds from. And don't forget, the World Cup is just the Christmas after this one. So we're only a year and a half away from the next football special. We're only three Yay! lockdowns away. We're only three lockdowns away. What's a World Cup film? Uh, there, there must be one. 
Bender like Beckham. Bender like, mm, yeah, we can watch that. Uh, that was big when at the yeah. time. Uh, there must be more. There's, do you know what we should have watched? There was a film about Denmark and them winning the Euros, and I forgot about it. A Dan- and it was a Danish film. It's really good, but I forgot about it oh, until really? right now. Uh, Can't remember well. what it's called. Never mind. Another wasted opportunity. Yeah. Well, uh, there must be. Come on, no, there must there's be. There's a film. There's an Ardman animation film about football that oh, came out. Oh, the cavemen one. The cavemen playing football, which is very good. Um, hmm. And there's uh, what's the what's the Borat the the the, the brothers Grimm. Oh yeah, that's that's the World Cup. We'll watch that next time. There you go. Grimsby. The Brothers Grimsby, yeah. I mean, it's just, we called it Grimsby, but I think now it's the Brothers Grimsby. Yeah. Because Americans didn't know what Grimsby was. Yeah. That's so, you, Jeff yeah, B. Yeah, turd. Bloody Jeff B. Cool. Okay, well, yes, if you liked what you're here, do check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Media, and do follow our social medias at Media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to set up a TikTok soon. Ooh, interesting. I figure we need to get with the times. We, we need to get with those young kids. We skipped Snapchat. Wait. Yeah, Snapchat's gone. So, Vine, Miss Vine. But we're, we're already two years late for TikTok now. I know, what's the next thing? <laughs> what's the next we thing? We haven't time to jump. Oh, well, you can get instantly famous on TikTok, so they say. So we'll, we'll do that and become... I just thought it would be a good idea we could share some of our clips and things. Yeah. Um, going to make a new... Quagga's trail at some point with our with all the reviews. Oh, that's exciting! Had. And the uh, the laurels from our film festivals. Yeah. More news coming soon. More news coming uh, soon. What was uh, the great review we had the other day? Absurd and bizarre. It was. I don't know what I just watched, but it was absurdly weird. Yes, loving that. Own yeah. that. Own that. That is us. That is what we do. <laughs> anyway, thank you again, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Yeah, it's coming home. It's coming home. Or Rob's going bald. <laughs>